Thank you for listening to this selection from bradhambrick.com. Brad serves as pastor of counseling at the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina, and is excited to produce resources that equip believers and resource churches to care well for one another in their community. We pray that this serves you well, and we hope that you'll consider utilizing other resources from bradhambrick.com for your personal growth and ministry endeavors. And so now we come uh, to step eight. Uh, Persevere in the new life and identity to which God has called me. And when you get to this stage in your journey, Uh, Just because we're at this stage in the presentation does not mean you're at this stage in your journey. Uh, My question would be, are you enjoying life? Because striving without enjoying is exhausting. One of the keys to persevering is the ability to enjoy an imperfect, in-process life. And that's true whether we're talking about addiction or any other part of our spiritual journey. We have to be able to enjoy an imperfect, in-process life. And so we look at uh, some of the common lies and distractions uh, that come. Uh, I deserve a break. I've been good long enough now. Well, that probably means we haven't had enough of the healthy pursuing strategies uh, as a part of our uh, overall plan. Uh, This is not working because temptation is still present. Uh, C.S. Lewis, I won't read the quote, I'll summarize the imagery. He gives a great picture there. He says, you know, in many ways, uh, the person who has been bad doesn't know how hard temptation is. Because you don't know how strong a current is when you're flowing with the current. You only get to know the strength of a current when you begin to walk against it. He says, this is why it's silly for people to think, oh, it must have been easy for Jesus to be you know, perfect because he was like God and stuff. Jesus is the one who walked the full journey against the full current of temptation for his entire life. He knew the full force of that weighing on him. And so, in times, we can even look at the strength of the struggle to say we're at a point in our journey Uh, that we didn't know before. Uh, Then there's the fact that victory changes temptation. You know, Galatians 6 uh, talks about those who uh, are at a spot of maturity helping those who are in a spot of more active struggle, and that's really what a recovery and support group is. Uh, But when you begin to get more and more recovery under your belt, some things change. Uh, there is disappointment from new heights. Uh, Jenny Schaefer's talking about eating disorders. Uh, that's who she names Ed, ED, eating disorder. Uh, but she says, the more time I spend in recovery, the worse each relapse gets. When I've known freedom and I go back to that bondage, even for just a little while, I feel yuckier. Um, but I can't use that as a reason to stay there. I need to commit back to the same honesty that helped me move away from it. There's the pressure of new opportunities and having answers to questions. You know, your role in the group changes when you become a veteran. Uh, When people are asking, would you be my sponsor? Would you be the person who has a little more journey under your belt? And we can begin to feel the pressure that if you're asking me the question, I must have the answer. No, 
we're just two people on the same journey. Uh, I'm walking alongside of you. There's preparing for the transition. Now this section feels a little different uh, because it's less looking at getting away from addiction uh, and more looking at what is the life that we begin to pursue. Uh, at this stage, I would say make sure that you're in a small group. We, uh, we don't want our G4 ministry to be a replacement for our small groups. We want small groups to feed G4 and we want G4 to strengthen our small groups. Because there's a level of honesty that tends to happen in recovery ministry that if we're honest, doesn't happen in the rest of church. And what often happens is there is this sense of frustration and sometimes even bitterness that happens in recovery ministries because we're the ones really doing church. And it's real. And I don't disagree with it. And part of what contributes to that is the way that recovery groups have been long-term groups. And the people who find that community stay in that community. And we need folks from G4 and comparable ministries in our small groups on modeling what that level of honesty and vulnerability looks like so that people who are in those small groups and say, that's what I need, I haven't been honest. Uh, we can do as much as we can to promote, but part of the reason why seminars like this are hard to attend is because of the sense of shame. And nothing de-shames anything like friendship. When I know somebody and I like them and I respect them and I admire them and there's so many likable qualities that I've seen in them and the ways that they've blessed and benefited me and I've just enjoyed their presence, yet... I can be honest about whatever they've been through. And so we, we need that relationship going both ways. Yet, uh, Kent Dunnington says, lonely people make good addicts. John Baker says, don't forget to share your victories, no matter how small with others in your group. Uh, your growth will give others hope. Share those victories in your recovery group and share those victories in your small group. Because those are the stories that take the stigma off of the subject and opens the door to say, yes, I could work on this. Learning accountability on a broader scale. Sometimes we don't like the word accountability because it just means sin hunt. It means asking the same three questions that are pointed and dogged and then going, did you just lie to me? Uh, every time we get together for breakfast. What does it look like for accountability to be a way of life that is life-giving? When you walk the journey of recovery, you learn that. And these seven principles here are just meant to uh, expand that and, and maybe put it into words. Have a plan for future study. If you've worked these steps, that means you've gone through an extended season of your life where you've had a very intentional process for growth. What are you going to study next? Uh, maybe it's one of those areas of emotional uh, struggle that you found that anger or depression or trauma, that that's really what's been driving this and that would be a great next study for me. 
If something doesn't come up, we have another study that we offer called Finding Your Identity, Security, and Confidence in Christ. Uh, I think that's an excellent study to go through. Just kind of built in a similar framework that solidifies that sense of identity uh, that would be a good study. And then have a formal transition plan. You know, what, what are the things that would allow me to transition well uh, from a formal recovery setting uh, to a more robust general discipleship setting? Um, what would make that work? What are some of the yellow flags? Don't wait for the red flags. What are the yellow flags that would tell me, I, nothing says that I can't come back and visit my group as often as I need to when I'm a part of a small group. What would be the indicators uh, that that needed to happen? 